Welcome back to the Retro Nomopod, a nostalgia and pop culture podcast where we discuss things from our past, present, and future. I am your host, Toby, as always, and I'm coming at you uh, across this beautiful universe with my thumb in the air, hoping for a ride before my world gets destroyed. And with his bat towel always along beside me, I have my co-host, Ricky. How you doing, buddy? Good. All I got to say is this so long and thanks for all the fish. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> little foreshadowing for you for the, uh, the, the rest of this episode. Check the number. Look, I believe that I made a number 42 joke. It's episode 42 for anybody that's just being lazy right now. I think I made a 42 joke in like our first or second episode. Like, so callback? You know, that's that's what I'm saying. Call, maybe callback. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. For those, I'm, I'm just for those who know, they know, and for those who don't, they might. You'll find out. They might know now. <laughs> Stick to the end of the episode. <laughs> do what you do. Keep listening. <laughs> it's not that not that hard, folks. Just keep listening. God damn it. Yeah. Just ki- <laughs> <laughs> get so aggro at them up at the top and see if we can win them back. Like. Certain comics do well, where it, they just piss off the audience and then somehow at the end they're all laughing together like, we had a good time. They're thrown off because it's you that got aggressive and not yeah. me. You know? <laughs> like, normally they would have had to like click their phone volume down a couple times because I got lit, you know? So thanks. Appreciate it. Hey. Take a little pressure off yeah, of me every once in a while. That's right. Uh, let's get into it with the word question of the week. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> so immediately we have to go back to Talladega Nights, correct? Like this is just what we're doing. I just want, or is this not why you put that on there? Am I tripping? Is that where it's from? Because I've always I've said that for the longest times. Because whenever you're taking a picture or video, it's like, where do I do I? I mean, what do we do with it? You know, like I don't know. In that context, I usually just try to throw up a gang sign that would probably not be good. I guess you know. Now that we're older. There's a lot of hands in pockets, thumbs I up. I used to do this. Maybe that that, that was my the thing. hang ten the, thing or the hard rock with thing. The, like, yeah, man, totally. Yeah, I love you. You do two of them, you yeah. know, and you look, you look angry. You always look constipated, like oh shit. Yeah, you just look. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, what I know it from is uh, is Talladega Nights because it's like Will Ferrell after he wins his first race <laughs> and they're like interviewing him in the pit. And he's just like, they just keep floating up. I know this is audio right now, but if you can see my webcam, my hands are floating to about face level. And the guy just keeps pushing them back down. And then they just keep floating back up. He's just like, he even asked him at one point, what does he do with them? It's like, you just, you just, you just put them at your side. Just put them at your side. It it's fine. It doesn't feel natural to just leave them at your side, though. There's something about when you're talking to somebody, especially if you're a person like us who talk with our hands a lot. Like, just yeah. having them by your side is like, might as well. You know, duct tape me to a chair or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So I guess it depends on the situation. Throw me it. Give me, give me a couple scenarios um, here. You just witnessed a twenty-five car pileup, and you're being interviewed because you were just happened to be on the uh, sidewalk when you watched this go down. And the reporter goes, "Did you happen to see what happened?" Oh, dude, that, I, this is an easy answer. Okay, there would be a lot of this. 
I'd be just slamming my lap, you know, like, yeah. Dude, dude. I'd be like, oh, this shit, that was fucked. They just fixed it. Like, and then it was just back, man. It's just like, oh, my God. And that was that would be what I, oh, my God, my hands hurt so bad. I just feel like I'm Mike Tyson. They burn like I have sunburn. Anyways. Uh, a family, an awkward family photo because it's not your family, but they were like, hey, Toby. You're part of the family. Get in here. Okay. Do I like the girl or is this like a, you know, three month in thing and we're doing so It's super like you just barely like this is your second time meeting the parents and they're already like, hey. Oh, dude, I'm doing something stupid. Like, I, I, don't, I mean, I say stupid, but like I'm doing a fucking bunny ears or like I'm doing the, the like made you look symbol, you know? The, oh, the-, <laughs> the, yeah. The circle with the yeah. thumb. Yeah. I'm doing something like that for sure because I'm just like eh, <laughs> eh. <laughs> uh, you're you're meeting um, one of your favorite celebrities. Uh, you're a little, you know, awestruck, and you're just a little. You don't know what to say, but you got a photo op anyway, and you just kind of don't know what to do in the moment. So now you're taking a photo with your one of your favorite celebrities. What do you do? Uh, I'm putting my hand behind their back. Yeah, I'm touching their person. Yeah, man, woman. I I mean. Like, respectively, respectively, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, yeah, you know, like, course. I'm not, like, reaching yeah, low yeah. on Natalie Portman <laughs> or putting my arm around the front, you know, Matt Damon or something, because, you know, but, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get close, like, this is, this gold, you know, like, I'm, yeah, I'm probably getting close. Um, You just got your leg broken after a UFC match where you were talking mad shit, <laughs> and now you're on the floor but you're not quite on the floor. You're more leaning against the fences like they're trying to get your leg strapped, but then Joe Rogan's about to interview you. I know. I know what this is. I make gun symbols to my (laughs) head, and I threaten your family. I I know that one's 100% right. Yeah, wild UFC this weekend. Yeah, no doubt. Anyways, um, (laughs) before we jump into the news, and I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later as well before the show ends, but I do want to say, top of the episode, uh, we took the week off. I'm going to get this out mm. in the open. But if you haven't heard already, we now have a website. Go check out RetroNamapod.com. You guys can find our YouTube there. You can find videos. Uh, you can find the podcast there. If you have somehow not found it already, maybe you're watching the Twitch or something. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, RetroNamapod.com. Now back to your regular scheduled program. And we're back. Uh, so I watched a few movies. A couple movies came out a week or a couple weeks ago. One was suggested to me that I probably wouldn't have watched if it wasn't suggested, but um, called No Sudden Move. It's got like Don Cheadle and Benicio del Toro, and it's just one of these like low budget, not low. I shouldn't say low budget. It's on HBO Max, but like it's a crime kind of movie, and okay, it's just it's like they're gathering up these guys to do a job and. Yeah, and they've got uh oh, what's his name? Killian Murphy? No, that's that's not right. Uh, Killian, Kieran Culkin, Macaulay Culkin's brother. Okay, and okay. It, so it's a killer cast. Like the cast in it is phenomenal. Is it? Does that? Does a Does a Culkin make your cast killer? I mean, Don Cheadle. Yeah, I like I like the Culkins. I think they're great. I think they they they're Say- so weird looking that you're like anytime you see them, you're like, what are you doing here? Look, I Macaulay Culkin's got. What is it? Rabbit ears? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. rabbit yeah. ears. Uh, I think he's awesome. 
I think he's great. I've listened to you know him on interviews and stuff nowadays, and he's fantastic. Anyways, but killer cast. It's killer cast. <laughs> David Harbour, John Hamburn, Brendan Fraser's in it, and really, he looks like he's wearing a fat suit, or he just gained a lot of weight for the role. I mean, it's been okay. S- I've seen some pictures, and like I, re- I because there's also been some pictures of like old George of the Jungle Brendan Fraser when yeah. he's just a fucking stud. Yeah. You know, and then like I've seen the fat pictures of Brendan Fraser, and I'm like, no, like. But you're like, <laughs> come on. He's also, you know, you know fifty something, and like, kind of went down and out there for a little bit. So he's kind of this is kind of his comeback, you know, and uh, some of the other shows that he's starting to pop on. But you know, this show was uh, interesting because the twist at the end is that it's all related to this the automobile industry back in the '70s before there was regulations and stuff. So it's a super weird like. I don't, it's hard to explain because it is very much a like criminal mobster kind of movie where there's all these moves and everybody's doing. Is it based in Chicago or Detroit? I think it's Detroit. Okay. Huh. But like, it's pretty I'm good. Curious. It's the ending really makes up for it. It's definitely, I'm not typically one for these kind of gangster movies. I like, just don't like them. But like this one, once you get to the end and the way it wraps itself up, you're like, Oh shit, you got me. So, Check it out. Pretty great. It's on HBO Max. Um, but the other one I watched was The Tomorrow War on Amazon um, Prime or Amazon Video, whatever they're calling it these days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know anymore. With, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. With uh, Chris Pratt. Pratt, Pratt, Pratt. <laughs> yeah. And, Our beautiful dinosaur herder. Yeah. And uh, Yvonne, Str- I can never say her name, Str- Strahovski. She's from Chuck and a bunch of Handmaiden's Tale. And- Yvonne S. Yeah, <laughs> and then J.K. <laughs> Simmons is in it as well. Basically, people from the future come back in time and say, hey, in this amount of time, in a year's time, there's going to be this war that's happening that's basically taking 30, play- 30 years in the future, so they're trying to get people to fight this war before it becomes this thing. So they're trying to fight it while getting closer to kind of the D-Day. It's very interesting, very time travely. The way they do the things, the aliens are cool looking. Like it's a very good movie, but what separates it from most of these kind of sci-fi tra- time travel movies is that like he's a dad, and like there's a twist that happens where he he's basically doing it for his family to save them, and it's just got a heart to it that you don't usually get in sci-fi. So I think this this is a must see because it is such a it just adds the heart to it. It's very cool. The the time travel shit the way they do it is very cool and check it out tomorrow war it's on amazon uh yeah i've heard it's good i've had multiple like seen multiple people talking about it and it's chris pratt like i imagine you still can't go wrong with him you know he's great it's chris pratt can't go wrong with the Pratt, pratt pratt um yeah yeah i'm more interested in the tomorrow war sudden move but yeah you know how i am about watching shameway yeah exactly if you're gonna if you're gonna do one, I'd say Tomorrow War. That one's definitely a lot more fast paced and cool action and you know that kind of stuff. Whereas Sudden Moves, a more intimate kind of small movie, is still really good because everybody in uh, noted Disney <laughs> and uh, Warner Brothers uh, or Marvel and DC or who whatever whatever you want to put it as, they're skipping San, San Diego Comic Con these days because I heard about this i mean with the success of uh dc's oh what was it fandom event yeah last like year sort of fandom <laughs> they're just like 
we don't need to do this anymore. So I just thought it'd be interesting, and I thought I'd get your kind of opinion on it. So it kind of makes sense, all right? Because from a gaming perspective, we ran into this with E3. Yeah. Entertainment Expo. And a lot of major names backed out of there. Sony, um, like, I'm pretty sure Microsoft backed out, like, doing their own thing. They're just like, we can hold it around the same time, but we're just going to do our own thing without being in the confines of a convention rules where they can just kind of do whatever they want, rent out their own space. Plus, these companies have enough money. They don't need yeah. the, <laughs> like, the press yeah. to be like, oh, look, if we didn't show you this, you would have never seen it because it was only at this expo. Yeah. And E3, it turned into a, like, E3 used to only be uh, industry people, whereas now it's turned into, like, a convention, like, built for the public and stuff. So it's been going downhill anyway, and it it makes sense that, first of all, it's crazy that there's movie universe. Well, I guess Marvel and DC, fucking Comic-Con, and (laughs) your two biggest comic (laughs) publishers ever are not going to be there. That's, yeah, that's actually kind of crazy. It is pretty wild. But you know they're going to do something during Comic-Con. Like, they're going to, like, they'll have a booth across the street from the convention center (laughs) where they've rented out, you know, another place. And it's like, by the way, we're here as well. Because you have people travel from all over the world to go to San Diego Comic-Con. Like, it is the premier Comic-Con. And if you didn't, I mean, given you don't, again, you don't need, you know, the the press on for anything because you're Marvel, but, or DC, you're still going to do something during that time. It would just be bad business, I think, if you did it. Well, with with the the way that they're doing this, it's almost like you get. It's almost more intimate because people can kind of pick and choose what they go to, and you know, the exclusives get leaked like day of anyway. So it's like for you to have this big event where you're spending all this money to get your superstars to fly out to San Diego to house them and do all that. It's like the amount of money they're saving by just saying stay at home. Just turn on your webcam for us for five minutes while you do a Q&A panel. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's not surprising at all, especially with the two events that each respective company held last year. It's like, it just seemed like a no-brainer that this was something that was going to basically happen in. Yeah. Um, tripping? Okay. You good? Yeah. I mean, OB- I don't know if OBS is good, but <laughs> I'll figure that out later, I think. Um. One of the things that I wanted to bring up, and you and I kind of talked about it, but D&D and Magic the Gathering had a crossover, which was kind of cool. And I, I don't want to talk about it too long, but there's a couple things that uh, that really kind of felt awesome to me. Because first of all, crazy to think that this hasn't happened yeah. yet, you know? Like, D and, no D&D mashup with fucking Magic the Gathering? Um, did you play Magic at all, ever? I never got into it. Uh, Chris and Drew kind of both got into it. Uh, more Drew, I can see that. and it's just—I mean, the artwork is—I mean, just looking at that stuff was like, oh. oh, these cards are so beautiful to look at. But I never got the. And it's such a vast library. Like you're seeing yeah. so much stuff. It's it's absolutely insane. Um, and some of the newer stuff they've added, planeswalkers were just like things that you build your deck around. Uh, there's certain characters that are just more powerful, especially as you play the game more. Uh, but something that they did was they gave Gary Gygax, our beautiful neighborhood creator of Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> his own card. Uh, and back in the seventies, when he was playing tabletop RPGs, he usually DM'd, but the first time that he actually got to play, uh, he created a character and I'm going to butcher the name, but Morden Kanan, Morden, Morden Kanan. 
Uh, this was his like first character that he actually got to play, not as a dungeon man. Um, and so he got a planeswalker card in the new set, that's cool. which is kind of dope. Like that's that's cool for Wizards of the Coast, especially because they're they're who's putting out Dungeons and Dragons now anyway. Yeah. You know, and they were just like. We got you, fam. Like, appreciate you. Yeah. you know? <laughs> it's, <just> like, <laughs> it's such an odd uh, thing that it took this long for this to happen, especially since they're basically the same. Co- I mean, they're so similar. I mean, except for one's a card game, one one's just a you know RPG. But like, despite that, it's like they're so rooted in each other's mythology almost. Anyway, oh yes. Um, they brought up a couple things like in the the set, and you you guys have to go check out the set somewhere else. Um. You could just Google D&D Magic the Gathering. It'll pop right up. Uh, but uh, apart from the Planeswalker, they, they added a, a class system via cards. Like, you could pick up a rogue class or a paladin class, cleric class. Uh, plus, like, a cool thing, and it's weird because each of the classes have, like, a level-up system. So, like, I'd have to look into it to see exactly how it worked. But it's, there's, like, a level 1, 2, and 3 huh. strength of spell. There's times where you have to roll a d20. Like, some of the cards call for you to roll a d20. Um, they added a bag of holding card. Heck, yeah. Uh, so, like, a bunch of, like, callbacks to OG D&D terms, you know? There's a card that you meet in a tavern, and it gives buffs accordingly. Uh, but a cool concept. Again, surprising that it never <laughs> came around. I can't believe it hasn't been a thing before this, but... Yeah, D&D Magic the Gathering set. Probably at your local stores or not. I don't know if people are still fighting and like robbing each other of them. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't fucking know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's cool as hell, though. That artwork for all these kind of new cards, is <sighs> it's, so it's at that standard of D&D. It's also at the standard of um, Magic as well. So it's like... There's <sighs> a Dungeon Crawler card or a Dungeoneer card. It's so wild. I mean... Cool stuff. Who knows? Go check it out. Yeah. It's cool shit. Maybe we'll get together and I'll fuck you up in some magic because yeah. I'm pretty bad. But if you never really played, yeah, I'm like, I should be. You sh- I'm confident I can figure it if out. If somehow you don't beat me, I'd be like, okay, maybe I should have been playing longer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're a yeah prodigy or I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some wild ass news, though. A sealed copy of Super Mario 64 just sold for one point. Five six million at auction. Uh, it just it hurts. It hurts so bad. You know goddamn well it fucking hurts me. Uh, there's already rumors floating around that this is fixed. Okay, so the the reason this is such a crazy big deal is like four days prior mm. to this, a Legend of Zelda sealed oval. It's like a first print. I forget all the fucking shit for it. But it sold for like eight hundred and sixty thousand or something. If I'm, I think I'm correct. Yeah, on that. yeah. Uh, that set the record for like the most expensive video game ever. Uh, and four days later, Super Mario for the sixty four. Again, came, this is eighty what eighty five yeah. versus ninety five, ninety six. I think Super Mario came on ninety six. I don't think it was launched. Yeah. Um, so did the N sixty four. Anyways. Neither here nor there. Uh, 1.5 million. So now there's been like rumors or whatever that it's a, a fixed auction. Ugh. They're thinking that people put in like fake betters. What else is cool is this guy, the guy that sold this, all right, is in a Facebook group that I'm a part of and just made a big long ass post talking about like, 
the toxicity a little bit of the gaming community that he's so thankful that this happened to him because people have been roasting this cell. Um, I just want to put in context, this is a 9.88++ water. I think it's water graded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, water graded because VGA's actual numbers. So just, to, I, and I don't have this in front of me. I should have brought this up, but I've read this article like 38 times and watched a bunch of videos on this stupid thing. <laughs> uh, but the next step up from that score is a 10. Yeah. Like, there is no 9.9. They go mm. in point two increments. It is this, or you get a fucking perfect 10, which is, like, off the production line, put into an acrylic case, and sent off. And even then can come out flawed. Is, like... This is crazy. So, as a collector, is a Super Mario 64, and obviously the, it's a special circumstance because it is sealed, and it's, like, new and pristine and all that, but, like... Do, is that a game that would normally go for such a high price? Is it that no, rare? No, 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 no. It's not. It's not rare at all. It's probably one of the more mass-produced games for the N64. You could probably buy a complete copy in decent condition. Well, now it's going to probably be more expensive. Yeah. But before, like, you could get a complete copy in box with everything in it, seventy bucks, sixty bucks. If you if, um, now they're probably going to run like a hundred sure. or 150, you know, people are dumb when it comes to seeing prices like this. And it's one of the reasons that this, look, I understand you want sealed graded. Ga- I don't understand actually, because this is something I, I, I probably wouldn't do now, given the price, we may change our mind. Cause I do have a couple of sealed <laughs> games that I plan on trading in, but fuck, if I can grade them at a 9.4 and sell them for, you know, 10 times what they're worth yeah. sitting on my shelf, it's hard not to. Um, that is a very, 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 very rare condition video game that he has there. Though. And that's like, not that many of those probably exist. That's probably what, um, warrants it being, but even at that, like, is it worth no, 1.5? No, no, like, it's no, the game literally, it, what, oh, I forget what the, the damn psychological term for it is, but there's a term for <laughs> whether or not it's broken or working inside that sealed case do you know what i'm talking about no it'll never be oh, open the, the uh the something cat the uh the schrodinger's cat the schrodinger's cat is that it the yeah schrodinger's like, cat? is it sure. is it dead it's is it alive kind of thing, yeah pa- yeah pavlov's dog is the bell right? yeah um <laughs> yeah so it's like that like for me and and i don't know people just have money i guess i think maybe if i had a bunch of money i would do stuff like this to know that i just had like a pristine copy but at the same time, you have to keep it pristine yeah, at that point. Yeah. And it's like, what's the point of having it if it's, like, so delicate that you can't, like, it's it's completely useless except for a showpiece. Now, in this case, the dude sold it for $1.5 million. So who's the idiot now? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. Like, like. But it, it's just, you know, to me, it's it's ridiculous. And it's making the used video game market get real volatile. Sure. And it's, it's not good for anybody, especially collectors that try to play their collection or collect, you know, non-sealed copies because I like to play a lot of my stuff, Yeah, you know? But I don't know. It, it's I've always said that I, I thought Heritage Auctions and the grading, but, you know, I'm a hypocrite because when I'm, we were in sports cards growing up, we talked about grading everything, you know? Comic books are the same way. So it's the next evolution in video game collecting, and now it's here. So, <laughs> hold on to your games, folks, or give them to me. I'll gladly take Seal them, them shut. Don't play your games. 
Do you like they did in the 90s where everybody bought Death of Superman and they had a sealed copy that was pristine and then the one they read and then in 30 years when everybody has that same thing, you could sell it for 100 bucks. <laughs> yeah. It just Yeah, exactly. Which is more impressive to you? You walk in, somebody has a sealed video game that's rated so highly and all this stuff or the fact that they've got this game that's in working shape that you could sit down and play, which is more impressive to you? And I, that's that's kind of a, a loaded question I because there's some loaded. games that just aren't worth playing. So, like, the sealed copy, in theory, would be more interesting because I'd have no want or need to play it. But if it's like, oh, I've got this, you know, copy of... We're going to throw Castlevania in there because I've talked about it a lot lately. Yeah. But, like, Castlevania, Symphony of the Night, PlayStation 1. And you've got a sealed, graded copy. Beautiful copy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, I love this fucking game. Like, we should play it. And he's like, well, I don't have it. Like, you got it right there. (laughs) Like, it's right there. But you don't have a copy. Like, why do you even have this fucking game? Like, that that's the kind of stuff that would just it it it, it's impressive for what it is on paper. It's not impressive to me. Yeah. You know? It's not why I collect either. So I can't understand the point of view. I can respect it for what it is, but you know, it is what it is. $1.5 million is a lot of money to spend on a video game that, you know, back in the day was really good, but like... It's still an amazing game. It's... It's still an amazing game. It's still just like... That's so much money. It's I'm I, surprised Nintendo hasn't came through and been like, the fuck it is worth 1.5. Yeah. Like, I want my cut, you know? Right. <laughs> that's what's going to happen that's next. Wild. Wild. Um, I brought a couple news stories this week, and... I've at some point it's been a long time. I actually, I'm, I'm actually gonna squeeze one more in with this because it kind of pertains to nice. what we're talking about. Uh, did you see what one of the trending movies was on Netflix this week? Uh, I mean, Black Widow, but fucking no, on Netflix, Black Widow's not on Netflix. Oh, sorry, it? damn son, I said that's, Netflix. That's where my head's at. Um, Warcraft, <laughs> World of Warcraft movie is trending on Netflix, you know, and it, it got it tanked in theaters, like went saw in theaters, or whatever. It was great in China, uh. I liked it. I enjoyed it as a, a WoW player, you know. It's fun. For a long time. And, uh, but yeah, it's trending. So hopefully that's like, hey, they like it. Netflix, pay somebody, do another one. Do a cooler one and do it based on the story that is this game we're going to talk about. Because Z-Man <laughs> Games, the makers of Pandemic, have come out and said that they are going to do a Wrath of the Lich King, which is the second expansion in the World of Warcraft series. Um pandemic board game so so a wrath of the lich king pandemic style board game and like the map is uh the map's all northrend which is the continent that wrath is based on um there's a bunch of dope miniatures that they showed including sylvanas who is one of the wrath of the lich king it just has characters um arthas being the lich king uh but sylvanas windrunner one of the most badass characters in in warcraft history uh she gets her own manager um it's something I didn't think about because I, I, I was curious on how they were going to make gameplay for this work other than just being like painting and being like, oh, it's the same game. It's just Northrend stuff, which it practically is. But it kind of fits into a story because back in like 2008, 2007, somewhere along those lines, there was something in WoW called the Blood Ends and it was a bug in the game oh, that was contagious. Yeah. <laughs> and it ended up murdering, like, all the low-level players. Like, they would get out of instance. This thing would stick to them, which it wasn't supposed to. And then they would get it, and it would spread to other people in major WoW cities. And it just murdered, like, 
thousands, dude, thousands were murdered. Hundreds of thousands, maybe. I don't know. Until the bug was fixed. Um, so it was kind of cool because, like, even looking at the Z-Man stuff, they kind of referenced that as, like, a, this is why we did it. Because especially as a WoW person, you would know what that incident is or whatever. But as a Pandemic fan and a World of Warcraft fan, this is <laughs> I mean, I think, I mean, it seems kind of ambitious to take a known property. I mean, for those in the know to like take that and then put it, take a game like that and put it on a board game seems very cool. And especially something like Pandemic. You know? Well, and it was, a, the crazy thing is like, they didn't just start with World of Warcraft Pandemic. They went straight for Wrath of the Lich King, which is super interesting because the Arthas story, the story that this, that expansion is based off of is amazing. Like how it started, you know, as him as a child and like to him as Arthas, the fucking badass to now he's the fucking Lich King and the most evilest man in all of Azeroth. Like the story is fucking fantastic. And it's one of the things that they were pissed about when Warcraft, the movie came out. Cause like they did the, the Duratan story. Whereas the fucking Arthas story was the one. Like, you could have got much wider audience if you'd have thrown the Arthas in there because it's such a fucking epic. But, look, Z-Man knew what they wanted. They were like, rat's dope. Like, we're going with that. Like, <laughs> fucking Death Knights, zombies, and Fuck Lich yeah, Kings. dude. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I'm stoked about that. That shit's tight. Uh, I think we reported on this once upon a time that Nintendo was going to be re- announcing that they were coming out with a new Switch. Um, Basically, the big one is just... uh updated model right like oled screen yeah and some a little bit more power right uh i don't even know if it's like i think it's yeah slightly more power but this is not the switch pro so we were all kind of thinking the switch pro is going to come out around any three time that was like kind of the leak um this was not it so it's just the screen it uses the same shit ass joy cons that they give you <laughs> um it it's not like a I, th- I don't think it's a big frame rate jump. Uh, it's not a super upgrade. The screen's a lot nicer, uh, but everything else is kind of the same. Uh, and I, I'm not 100% for sure on the specs, to be honest, but I know people were not impressed. And it's like $50 more. Yeah, 350 is what it's going to be going for. And uh, I asked our uh, you know, other retro dude, Drew, you know, if he thought that this would help drive down the price a little bit for like a base model switch. So that way I'd finally get one. And his thoughts is that they probably will. What do you think? Um, I mean, yeah, anytime something new comes out, the old ones go out the window because you have those people that want the newest, you know. Um, yes. So that's yeah, what I, I think it, it should drive down the used ones. It's not that hard to find a switch anymore, so I imagine prices should be dropping yeah. soon anyway. Um they're semi readily available, more so than PS PS5s or Xbox. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah i don't know i i won't be running out to get one anytime soon i'm sure i'll own one at some point maybe when but they, maybe when they actually uh, have a pro come out that's the one you'll shoot if you do it the yeah pro yeah. with the i OLD mean i'm yeah. yeah i want i want the upgrade for sure so I, yeah i'm not running out to pay 50 more dollars i already have two switches and i don't need another one or maybe do I? Or- How much do you need a switch? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later. Maybe I'll go get the OLED one. Put it as a business experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've got to try it out. We can review it. Nintendo, come on. <laughs> so uh, this one was just the story that kind of popped up in the purview of looking through all the nerdy stuff. But like the director, Greta Gerwig, uh, 
who did the most recent version of uh, Little Woman, Little Women. Maybe I should say that. Why we needed that? No. <laughs> uh, I mean, to each throw. But she's officially <laughs> signed on to uh, direct Margot Robbie's Barbie movie. Which, Bro, I'm not mad at this. Like, though. if you're gonna choose a bar, a, a Barbie, a Bobby, a Bobby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna choose a Barbie, I mean, pretty a a once there. It's it's super like. I mean, she's a good. I'm kind of. I'm. I'm. I'm look, I'm kind of good with this. Like, I think I'm kind of down for a Barbie movie. Yeah. Right. I'm interested to see like how. How do you? Is it fantastical? They go. Do yeah. they go like it's a real life lady? Barbie, or do they go like a Toy Story where she is still a toy, or you know, that's what I want. Or is it... I want like the toy to life experience. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be like, quote unquote, she's a Barbie, you know, like as in, oh my gosh, just a hot bitch walking down the street <laughs> yeah. in pink, like who's got a prissy attitude because that's what I imagine Barbie has. Um, or do the weird, like, the creator they show the it's like a biopic of the creator, but also simultaneously, it's a story of Barbie and how they like intertwine somehow or some shit like you know like no just tell me a barbie story and make it like hey kid you know like the old aqua song (laughs) (laughs) i'm a barbie girl in a barbie world life is plastic and it's fantastic come on barbie it's somewhere around there you got it dude i don't know i just got copyright strike number two there we go (laughs) um but yeah okay so question question of the night here who plays Ken next to oh, shit. Margot Robbie's uh, first, Barbie? First person that popped in my head is like Zac Efron. See, and I was thinking more of like a Channing Tatum. I like the taller ones. T- Tatum's a good yeah, call. Tatum's a good call. Or like, or... The Rock? To just, really throw it out? No, no fuck that. No. I saw his... Did you see his Black Adam? Dude. Like, good bro, Lord. Your, your man is fucking jacked. Every, He's like 51 or Every time he takes off the shirt, you're like, God damn it, dude. You're making the I'm rest like, of us- should I be able to see my veins like that? Because I surely cannot. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, no, nah, or, or uh, damn, we started talking about The Rock. Who am I thinking of? Or you go, <laughs> who you got go the because he's, I know. <laughs> Woo! 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 Uh, no, you go with, uh, you go with like Ryan Reynolds because ripped, cute as fuck. Oh, yeah. And can give you like a, you got to make Ken like dumb as fuck, you know? Just let him be sexy as hell, but he's just like, like I'm fucking Ken. Yeah, but Barbie's like the bad bitch, you know? I'm just saying. Lionsgate or whoever, holla at me. Uh, that, <laughs> I'm gonna have to keep an eye out on this uh, to just kind of see I, who they I'm cast. Not even lie, like, like. Ca- ca- I'm interested to see who they cast as Ken because it's like, okay, you got freaking Mark or Michael B. Jordan. Give him. Oh, twisted up, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could just check all the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he does. So, yeah, I'm thinking Ryan Reynolds or Michael B. Jordan. Those are my choices. I know that there's some like. Macchiato skinned Indian dude out there that would be perfect too. Right. As a white person, our skin sucks, dude. Yeah, like dude. it sucks. We get old and we look it old. Like shit. Yeah. yeah bro. If we spend any time Anyways, out in the sun, pick Michael B. Jordan. Like shoe let, let that man represent Ken. Just he deserves. Shoot, that. that would be cool. I would like to see him just play a role where he's just kind of like this is. Uh, and I don't even want him to talk about. Yeah. It. Like just 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 make Ken black, is. make Barbie white. Boom. That's just the thing. They don't even know. They're fucking plastic. What are colors? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. We're gonna have to see who they who they line up with that. Yeah, cause... I'm gonna keep track of that because I'm 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 interested in a Barbie movie, kind of. <laughs> it's one of those weird things. 
on the surface, you'd be like, a Barbie movie? Why? And then you're like, oh, okay, they got some people involved that it makes it a little bit more like, all right, it makes sense. It's Margot Robbie because she like is about the only per well not the only person but she's like top pick to be like yeah it's barbie uh silly little thing Katy perry speaking of another barbie um she just put out a song called electric which is appropriate because pikachu's in it so i just wanted to throw that out because it was just such a like oh that's cool i don't know if it's for anything or if it's just I yeah I can't tell either. But from what I watched, Katy Perry really good. I thought about her the other day because like I haven't heard her at all. But I'm also not listening to the radio stations that she would be on or radio stations other than radio. anyway. Uh, but the song sounded awesome, and it's like a upbeat yeah. Katy Perry song. Yeah. Cause baby you're a firework. Come on, show me what you wear. Anyways, yeah. D- um, she got some good hype songs to get you like in the mood to be like, yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm like hyped up. I'm saying twice too. I'm fucking all jacked up right now. Okay, this, this shit is electric. So it looks like this song is in partnership with uh, the Pokemon Company for the album Pokemon Twenty Five, the album. So it does. It looks like they are doing some stuff to celebrate the fact that Pokemon is able to rent a car. <laughs> damn, damn, bro, dude. See, this is why when people are like, what? I mean, I. There's words gonna happen out of my mouth. Uh, I have Pokemon tattoos, you do. and I was six when Pokemon six years old. If I'm not the the people they aimed fucking Pokemon <laughs> at, and it changed me for a goddamn lifetime, dude. I have them tattooed on my body, like I will die as an old man, hopefully with wrinkled biceps and a Charmander for all my like. You're burying me sleeveless. I don't care. We're showing off Reptar, my Pokemon, the fucking Abominable Snow, everything. I got a tattoo appointment this week. I mean, unless you've got relatives that want to remember a piece of you and be like, hey, could I get could I get that tattoo? That shit's weird. I don't want you and to I want like, frame it up and no. put it in a frame so it'd be like, oh, I, want- I remember Toby forever with his uh, Char, Char, not Charmander. No. Charizard, Char Dragon. <laughs> it is Charmander, but yeah. I forgot which one you had. I knew it was one of it's in the evolution scale. I have, I have I no ev- I have no evolutions of any Pokemon. Oh, fuck yeah, I'm I mean an idiot. Snorlax God is his own damn evolution. It, I'm an idiot. Anyways, burn it down. Burn it down. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was in there somewhere, I swear. Char Dragon. <laughs> char Dragon! It's a Char Dragon. Watch out, it'll get you. Go, Char Dragon! Go, I choose Do flame burst thing. I choose you, Char Dragon. <laughs> uh, I'm an idiot. Um, good times, dude. <laughs> Pokemon script. Can't go wrong. They're still hitting it out of the park. I, I mean, years. sort of. The new gen shit. I am so far out Oof. of. But like, give me that original 151. I'm I'm banging out. Like, do the the little shadow thing. Some of the names, though, even still, like Tangela. <laughs> like, like why <laughs> like, stupid so, fucking name and i forget the evolution order of pidgeot pidgey oh, pidgeotto pidgey pidgeot pidgeotto yeah. say yeah anyways Kit, let's <laughs> scratch <skirt. laughs> back on track bro <laughs> we're just slowly talking about evolutions of pokemon people are like where did this go where are we going here guys seriously well, is this what we're talking about this week, Pokemon? No, that's a different episode. We'll get there. Not yet. Not yet. Um, so, um, 
we thought we'd do another who would win this week because we like doing it. And this one kind of goes with the fact that Martin Freeman plays a character by the name of Arthur Dent in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. So we thought it'd be fun if we pit himself against himself. So I chose Arthur Dent versus Bilbo Baggins, which he plays young <laughs> Bilbo Baggins in the Hobbit series. So it just seemed appropriate to have like... said <laughs> I figured I would pit him against himself. <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> All right, so Arthur Dent, I mean, they're, they're, they're played by the exact same person. So physically and strength-wise, they are exactly the same. But are they, though? Because it's Bilbo Baggins versus Arthur Dent. So right off the bat, I, I've got to talk about weaponry, okay? Because Bilbo does That's have a walking fair. stick. That's fair. Uh, and Arthur Dent carries around a towel. And, but if you go off of the logic from Pineapple Express... He is in a bathrobe, you know, and and maybe he's faster when he fights. He's like, you know, I don't, I don't know. He's got more freedom of movement. Or like Bilbo's like, how tall are hobbits? Hobbits are like three feet. Three feet. Yeah. They're super, super small. So Arthur Dent, even being a small dude's like five foot, like he got a height advantage on him. Okay. We didn't think about this. Now Bilbo's got a stick, but Arthur's like a giant. Not like Gandalf size. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's like it's like it's like. Well, yeah. The whole reason why Bilbo gets um added to the party in the Hobbit is because uh, hobbits are known for being especially sneaky. They can walk literally through a crowd and not be noticed because nobody pays attention. Hobbits because they're so small, so they're known for yeah. like being great thieves and stuff. So he has that on his side that he could like sneak up on a motherfucker. Hit. Surprise, cockman. <laughs> <laughs> and goodbye shin <laughs> um whereas arthur dent he's got a towel and if you've ever been whipped by a towel that's slightly wet on the end whoo whoo yeah well and they're both like a little skittish you know like i think arthur's a little more held back than bilbo bilbo's still got a little sense of adventure yeah. in him you know he at least thinks he want it arthur want none of that like this man this man just wants to sit in his house drink his tea yeah he's just doing the damn thing. yeah you know they're they're and he's just got to tell like i mean it's gonna be wet with his own pee <laughs> because like he's just that type of person i think you know um damn dude the towel whip thing is a pretty dangerous weapon it's not bad like i've seen some pretty good towel whips yeah like it like okay. they get you god damn they, they no i'm talking about like oh we might have to go get you stitches <laughs> Kind of tell with a family because each alive or once. I don't know. This is this one's kind of tough because, like, I mean, I, I want it. Just Bilbo just seems like the the easy choice, but you're 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 real small, bud. You're real small. Like you're real small. And they're both not exactly the most aggressive guys. Like they're both pretty no. chill, and it takes outside forces to bring them out of their comfort. You know, they're both just like leave me alone in my house. Uh, now somebody's messing with me in my house. Ah, shit, an outside force. Now I'm on this weird adventure. I'm very reluctant to be a part of, but that's they, Their story was exactly the same. <laughs> he chose the same exact character in both fucking movies. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's not like either one's going to be like, I'm going to fuck you I, up. I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Because, like, I mean, as a hobbit, he's he's thick, you know? Like, he, he's thick, oh, boy, yeah. like, couple seats, you know? Um. But Arthur's still like two feet yeah, he's, plus he's taller than height. him, you know, and like he just 
wrap his little ass up in the towel and just fucking <laughs> squeeze so hard. I feel, you know, I feel, and I, I think it, I, I just, you know, I just think, I just think, I just, but mm. would this just be like to all my small people are going to hate me? Because I, I'm not, I'm not doubting your speed and your agility <laughs> and stuff. I'm not just saying that, but like, <laughs> I'm, I'm real big and you're real small. <laughs> like <laughs> I, my chances are vast. Like, we're going into a David and Goliath story, and I'm Goliath. It, it, 99 times out of 10, that rock doesn't do shit. Yeah, it's like, you know? fuck you, <laughs> motherfucker. All right, now and it's I off. Him. <laughs> it's almost like they would just sit down for the tea and make some tea and discuss their differences before they would even throw a punch. You know, they'd be like, okay, so we got to fight. We got to figure out who would win. Let's just sit down and talk this out while Bilbo's smoking on his pipe. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, the, the violence wouldn't win. I, my heart wants to say Bilbo. My head wants to say Arthur. D- I don't. I, don't, like I this think. One. I think. I think. I think Bilbo would take him though. I think something would awaken where. Now, does he have the ring? Is he like ring crazy at this point? Like where he has he hadn't got the ring yet, or he's past the ring? This is this is pre ring. I'm thinking this is like early adventure for both of them. Like they had both basically gotten kickstarted into their adventure, so they're at that. No, point. because if Bilbo has the ring, it's a, it's a, it's sure, shoe-in. it's it for sure. But if it's just like early, and if it's after ring, I think it's still a shoe ring because he's still a little crazy after the ring. I, I'm just thinking if it's pre ring, I don't know. There's a fight or flight response that happens. I think sheer size and adrenaline, Arthur might strangle him with the. Tank. He might, but even throughout like the show, the movie. Like, Arthur, even at his, like, most, like, fuck you, the best he does is he just goes and steps in a line and waits in a line and just queues up and waits his turn. <laughs> you know? Like, that's yeah, about true. as pissed as he gets. Whereas Bilbo... Carried a sword and shit. At one point, he's like, all right, I guess we're on. Let me, you know... That's true. I'm thinking, I'm thinking Bilbo... That's good. We're, go- we're going with the heart, I, then. I, I, I'm not even going to disagree I with th- you. Here. I think Bilbo takes it just because he is in a world that's a bit more dangerous than... Arthur. Oh, we can't. Arthur didn't went to fucking space, dude. Why wasn't That's... putting this into the conversation? That's not even a fucking conversation. <laughs> How gladly take the fucking, you know, Middle Earth. Other, like, at least it's just Middle Earth. This is fucking space. Space. You saw the, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about it. No. It's space is scarier. Arthur Dent survived space. Multiple encounters on different planets, yeah. mind you. So we're not, in, we're not taking environmental effects into account. I was just thinking upbringing, but you're right. <laughs> you're not wrong. So <laughs> we're, at an, we're at an impasse, sir. <laughs> I'm going to say Bilbo just because Lord of the Rings all day, right? <laughs> exactly. Facts, which we shouldn't have let into what we're talking about this week with that. <laughs> Facts. Well, as we've alluded to a whole bunch, I don't know. There's, a, there's no way to get into it without just being like, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's what we're talking about this week for nostalgia. Episode 42. Uh, and we're going to talk about why that number is awesome or not, I guess. Um, I personally, for those of you guys who don't know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is, was the original show written by Douglas Adams or did he just do the novelizations? Of it's it? all his kind of, it's his baby. It's like, like all his All work, through right? his... So the original radio show was from 78 to 80. Now, I personally do not know of the radio show. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Didn't look it up. I didn't really care to. It's the same thing with World of Worlds, you know? 
Like, I wish I'd have went back and listened to the radio show, but I don't know if I could. I don't know if it'd have the same effect as it does now. It'd be like listening to a long-form um, um, podcast, if you will. Like, almost like an audio book. Oh, see, I think I would love that, actually. You know, because it would have the like, sound effects. It would have all that kind of stuff. And if you listen to it with that kind of context, I think it'd be okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I, I actually do think that you're, you're right on that. Um, but yeah, the radio show ran for two years. And I think that original run was like three phases. I think there's five phases total. It's so wild. <laughs> it's weird how they did it. And there's been like, it's covered a lot of ground. Is Douglas Adams still alive? No. I think no, so, right? No, that guy no? passed uh, back in. All right, uh, while you look that up. May, ele- uh, May, in... May 11th, 2001. Oh, okay. So, okay. Yeah. So, in our life. 20 lifetime. years. Um, <laughs> damn, so it's like the. Well, I guess. Anyways, scratch that. Um, in 79, he wrote the book. So, you get, you get The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, written by Douglas Adams, in the middle of the radio show. So, assumably, he had plans to do this. The radio show is promotion, I can imagine. Maybe? I don't know. It's it's a weird thing without, like, I don't know, like, I think he's just making it up as he goes, and then it started just taking form, you know, through doing these kind of radio plays, and eventually yeah, he was just, like, like, you know what? Collected it and was like, hey, this is pretty good. Here we so, go. <laughs> um, it's probably been a while, I imagine, unless you just speed read it. Speed. Speed. Speed, speed read it. Uh, speed read it <laughs> this week. But you've read the book at some point. Yeah, I've, I've read it twice in my lifetime. Once when I was way younger, back in junior high, and then once okay. a few years back when I was just like, have I read this all the way through? And it was like, oh, yes, I have. So Okay, so this is up on my reading list. I own the book, never read the book. Always wanted to read it, and now talking about this, and knowing you've read it, because we know how <laughs> me and you are about reading books. Um, I'll get- Ready Player Two, you guys, fucking at him. <laughs> I want to talk about it, and I'm going to have to reread it now. Uh, but I'm going to read it. So I do want to talk a, a little bit, just real fast, before we get too far. No, 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 no. We're going to wait. A couple more things before we get to the movie, because the movie's predominantly what I assume we're going to talk about today. Um, they made a TV show in 81. Um, apparently not to a lot of people's applause. Didn't do a super great. No. Uh, <laughs> no. He wrote... If you've he wrote, if you've seen pictures of it, go online and check it out because it is it has like a Doctor Who feeling where it's just like super slapdash, throw things together, see what sticks. Where like back in the day, I don't think I mean BBC would like let you do stuff, but like they wouldn't give you the budget to do like big stuff because it's still it was like PBS. It's still television <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah. so it was like. They're not going to give you movie budgets for these things. It was like, here's $50,000. Good luck to you. Make what you can. So. <laughs> oh, dude. This is... Yeah. Oh, I think I'm going to have to go watch that. Okay. So right off the bat, just one of the pictures. <laughs> like, they show the president, Zaphod. Zaphod? Zaphod? Zaf- I just fucking read Yeah. Um, but he has, like, the second head. And, like, the third mechanical arm, like, comes out of the side. <laughs> okay, so anyways, they made a TV show at 81. Was not good, apparently. Uh, I might have to go mess with a couple episodes. Um, but before we talk about the uh, movie, they came out with a game. Yeah, dude. In 1984. Um, this really surprised me because I was like, 84, like, okay, like, I don't remember ever seeing a game for this, like, on anything. And that's because it was only built for home computers in 1984. 
And this included the Apple II. Uh, it included the Atari ST, which, if you're not familiar with the Atari ST, looks like a fucking typewriter. Um, the Commodore 64, also typewriter. Um, <laughs> the Atari ST and the Amiga, um, amongst a bunch of other things. Like, it came out on, like, nine different home PCs. But I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, it's, like, kind of a texty-based yeah. um, adventure. And I kind of want it. Like, I have none of these. I, like, I'm not going to be able to play it, and nor do I care to play text-based adventures, but <laughs> I kind of want it. Like, I would take it for an Atari ST. It's pretty wild, or a Commodore man. 64. I'd be interested to see how it would still play today. Like, is it... Oh, I'm sure you could Google search the shit out of that, too. Be able to do it on your phone and be like, oh, yeah, this... I bet you this was real hard back in the Ooh, day. I bet you could do it on your phone. You know? You've got an Android, one of those easy phones. Uh, you can do you can do emulators on Androids because they don't have like you know protection from the world. Man, so <laughs> who, who needs it? Why you're just putting yourself out there? Uh, download an emulator, show, play that text-based adventure. It's not a for bad me. idea. It's not an idea. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, they made a game. I I thought that was funny. That was one of the things that I had to just bring up because I was just like, like of all the, like, you know, but it, it makes yeah. sense, especially starting as a radio show. Um, I mean, you know, this is not that old at that point, six years, which is pretty impressive because, you know, they don't turn just anything into a video game. Um, I mean, back then they kind of did this, this thing was, I mean, it's been adapted into everything. Like you were saying, stage shows, novels, <laughs> comics, TV, show, like it's been in every form of media. So pretty incredible considering things that are even more popular than this have not. So it's like. This thing yeah. has had a weird long tail to it that, you know. Yeah, it really has. Like an Orwellian reputation, but in a comedic sense yeah. of the same style science fit way. I don't know. It's it's definitely interesting, especially for when it was written to have that kind of, you know, again, that comedic science fiction viewpoint yeah. and not like a serious L. Ron Hubbard type shit, you know? <laughs> If that is a serious society. Ray Bradbury would have been the one I would have chose, but, you know, yours works too. Um, one of the most prolific science fiction writers of all time. Yeah. Why well, wouldn't I uh, talk about the inventor of one of the boy. largest <laughs> paid religions are in we, the world? Are we trying to get it to Scientology? No, I don't. I don't. It almost sounds like <laughs> you're going to bat for him. Like, hey. like, I just, making sure people understand who we're talking about and the fact that he is one of the most prolific science fiction authors of all time. That's fair. Who also created one of the most prolific for-profit religions. I, mm. I look, I hope it's right for the sake of everyone in this world who has faith in a religion. I hope all your religion. Anyway, I like, I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about Scientology. <laughs> Let's just leave a long, just blank dead air in there just to let it hang for just a minute. Uh, for those who don't know, let's give a like a little brief narrative on what this is about. Uh, Hitchhike, Hitchhiker Guide to the Galaxy follows the misadventures of the last surviving man, Arthur Dent, following the demolition of Earth by a Vogon uh, constructor fleet to make a way for a hyperspace bypass. Uh, Dent is rescued by uh, Ford Prefect, who is a human-like alien, who's basically been writing a book called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And he just so happens to hitchhike his way onto a Vogon spaceship, 
and it just kind of goes from there, travels, and it's his adventures from there. It is a real Bilbo Baggins type story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going on um, an adventure! Yeah, yeah. he was a lot uh, not excited for this. Um, Just to go through, like you said before, Arthur Dent, played by Martin Freeman. Um, Ford, played by Most Def, which is kind of good. Actually, I th- I like him as an actor. I think he's he was great. in the Italian job yeah. too. I thought he was great, um, and probably a bunch of other stuff that I can't think of right now. Um, and we'll get to like a, a couple cast of characters, but I, gu- I guess there's not much. Like he gets on the the hitchhiking concept is crazy because uh, he's just got a ring yeah. that sends up a fucking bat signal into space, Basically. and it's like a no ass system. He's just like shing. So, ho- like, hopefully, <laughs> yeah, something eventually as big as the universes will pass. Uh, but like you said, they end up on what is it? The Vorgon, the v- Vog- the Vo- Vog- Vogon uh, construction, Vogon, yeah, because it's Vog Sphere. I think is the planet's yeah, yeah. name. <laughs> Gets complicated. Uh, with the, that. Yeah, but these these guys are crazy because like. It's such a play on bureaucracy because they're so fucking formal. Like everything that they do is based on file systems and approvals and like stuff as simple as, you know, what is a hyperspeed? Like they're sending the calls through to get approved and then back before they can, you know, jump even in chase. They just can't do it. Um, (laughs) Their, their ship gets very interesting towards the middle of the movie when you actually get to go to their planet. Um, But, that brings us eventually these guys get figured out on this ship, right? Yeah. I'll let you continue. The, I know I just uh, no, you're fine. I, I was just given the general gist of it. Um, they get found out that they were hitchhiking on, they were hideaways onto the ship. Vogons basically get them and a way of torture. And the great thing about this like movie is that they'll keep popping into the hitchhikers guide and they'll give you a little tidbits about the universe it's a way to do like narrative stuff without somebody just exposition. It's very docu-series. You know, and the way um do it with the book and the animations is wonderful. And it's Stephen Fry. It's Stephen Fry. As Fry. the narrator. So, of course, the voice is just... Lovely. Amazing. It's one step down from fucking David Attenborough, yeah. you know? Like, it's fucking <laughs> Stephen Fry. Um, but yeah, so... The, uh, the torture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's... there's um, there's a bunch of parts of this movie where, like, it's it's almost hard to catch the little innuendos and and little things that they add because they get so the first like infographic you kind of see too is when he sticks the fucking fish in his the ear, babble fish. the language fish. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And the, like the fish just and it goes to like the cutouts. Like this is a ugly <laughs> yeah. little fish, you know? That's <laughs> Martin Freeman's dying because a worm is bearing into his skull. It like quickly is like. And this is what this does. And it's super like, <laughs> it's like a we don't fish. <laughs> it eats the sound waves and shits out what you're supposed to hear kind of thing. Translates it for you, which is so genius because there's actually a program out there now called Babblefish that essentially does exactly that where you can talk into it and it'll translate into the language you want it to be. Pretty nerdy shit. Crazy. We're getting, <laughs> you got, you got deep. Anyways, they get fine. They get found out on this shit, uh, which brings us to a character. I totally spaced on being in here. Uh, and that is Trisha. Trish. Tr- trillion. Trillion. Trisha. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, played by Zoe Deschanel. Fantastic. Just fantastic. Um, 
it's weird because in this movie you get something in a spaceship that we've never heard of, which it makes it gives it a very interesting twist to how they space time travel. And it's the improbability drive. Yeah, the, prob- <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the improbability the improb- drive. So their hyperspace just goes through every known option in the universe <sighs> ever at all times. It's I've been explained it like six different times and I still am just like all I can think of when I think about it is two things. I'm gonna bring up two things <laughs> with improbability. When they show up as yarn, yeah, it's oh, fucking awesome. It's the best. Like the yarn. <laughs> and he's like throwing up strings. <laughs> uh, Normality achieved. Yeah, and then yeah, exactly. They go back to normal. The ship can take it back or whatever. But as like a consequence, is like random improbable things happen and consequence this improbability drive. One of which being the whale. Like all of a sudden oh. in a world somewhere else, a whale is popped up into the sky 30,000 feet above and it goes into this. Like, the thought process of, of like, <laughs> what is this that I am feeling? It's, it's a whoosh sound. It's, <laughs> it's wind. A, it's a, it's oh, wind. what is this thing coming toward me? It's big. It's flat. I sh- it's, it's round. What do we call it? Round. And right as he's about to say it, the doof. And he's falling. With- yeah, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, I should find myself. He's like, what do I even mean by find myself? <laughs> the, the, the whale, the whale falling, contemplating life is like a, I don't know. It may be the best inadvertent part of the entire movie. Because it's just like, it goes through so many thoughts that shouldn't even be thoughts and then he recognizes that he shouldn't know what that thought means and he's just making shit up that's already made up yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> he hits the ground and they just show a big ass mushroom cloud <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right before <laughs> right before he hits the ground he's like hello ground <laughs> It's oh, so damn good. Ooh, I got hot. Oh, uh, the starship they are on is called the Heart of Gold. Uh, just to kind of oh, add fuck. that to help. The uh, Heart of Gold. I honestly, I don't know if I knew that. They um, to escape the Vogons, they basically hitchhike out. They get thrown out of an airlock. They get onto this ship, the Heart of Gold, which happens to have uh, Ford's semi cousin Zaphoid Beeblebrocks, who's played by none other than Sam Rockwell. And this is by far my, one of my favorite roles he's done throughout his career because it's so it's, it's really it's good. so wild with the two heads and the way that it like pops up and like says shit Come on, baby. like this is really what he <laughs> wants to say but then like the top head's like smooth and super charismatic but the one underneath is almost like I, I don't even know but like string of thought like fuck you I'll kill you. <laughs> He like pops open once and tells Arthur he's like, "No, it's all good, baby." And he pops up and he's like, "Or I'll cut open this." <laughs> this movie is so good at just being quirky and do and being silly for silly sake, and it, the comedy is like they've got super smart jokes, but then they've just got uh, like you know fart level jokes that are just so simple, but they work, and it's just the combination of all these people being on the top of their game. Um, there really is like fart level jokes. Uh, like that, that is kind of what it is. Zaphoid Beeblebrox is the newly elected president of the galaxy and he stole the ship. 
He immediately kidnaps himself. Yeah. <laughs> he, he even tells him, he's like, I'm kidnapping myself. Come on, my. He said, Come on, me. And then he like grabs the rope and swings away. <laughs> That's like his first order. <laughs> like, they like made this brand new, awesome, badass ship. And he's like, I now declare that I'm kidnapping myself. And then he steals the ship. <laughs> um, the, he steals the ship for good reason, though, because he's going on. The quest to find the computer that is putting together the ultimate question. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, what is the fucking planet's name? Uh, All I can think of is Megadeth. Deep Thought is the super. No, I know. Oh, okay. that's the computer name. What's the planet name? Um, Megatron. Uh, Margathea. Mar- Magathea. Magathea. Yeah. Magathea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you, <laughs> oh, we're going to get you there. Got the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. Uh, right, yeah. right in our notes. Um, so yeah, the, so the the movie is kind of like well, this adventure kind of based around um, the search for the supercomputer who has who has built the ultimate question. Now the ultimate question comes from an answer that was given by a supercomputer built to give the answer to the ultimate question. Yes, yes, very <laughs> complicated. So it, it's it's cool how they set this up because of the time frame that it's kind of sat in because it's young kids in theory. Mm-hmm. That they show in the movie um, that build this computer and they answer it the que- or they ask the question, "What is the answer to uh, life, the universe, and everything?" That is their question. Peter. They build it strictly to answer this question. Wars, whatever reason in the nations, it's it's bad. You know, people just want to have an answer. So the computer tells them to come back in seven million years, I believe, and, uh, and you're like, "Oh God damn!" Like that's what. No, they were ready in seven million years. Yeah. With the two little asshole kids, okay? Apparently not kids. They're vampires or dinosaurs. Mice or something. Eventually. Yeah. Who knows what they were before? They were. They Um, lived a long ass time. So (laughs) the reason this episode is lovely is they ask it. They say, computer, deep thought, like you said. People are in the crowd. It looks like Woodstock. They got shirts on that say, think deep and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Looking flowers. And they ask the... The, their ultimate question, you know, what is the answer to life, the universe, and everything? And the computer gives them an answer. What's the answer? 42. Which is which episode we're on, because we that's how we do it. Fucking circle back around, bitches. Um, yeah, computer thought long and hard for 7 million years. And the answer to life, the universe, and everything is 42. I, that's it. I like that. How do you feel? The design of, like... Deep thought is almost like Ronan's the thinker where he is thinking, but they have it to a side more like, and and even the no. <laughs> even deep thought was like I don't know forty two like, yeah, there's a bunch of unsureness there, <laughs> and they've got this tiny little TV that it's been watching too, like it's and it's weird because it's got like one eye and a real real long mouth. It looks like a BattleBot theater if anybody's ever seen that. Yeah, uh, yeah. but that just the like nonchalant melancholy. Um, I just want to go back to the ship real fast because <laughs> there's still a character on the ship that we haven't even talked about. I can't believe we're forgetting this right now. One of the best characters but ever created. Every film. time they walk through a door, the door is side. Yes. It's like little things. It's like they programmed like the computer to have an upbeat attitude. You know, and I, I'll 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 let you you give it to him. One of the greatest actors of our time, 
Alan, even voice actors. Are we talking about Alan Rickman being the voice? We're talking about Alan Rickman being the voice of Marvin, the paranoid android. The paranoid android who, who's who's clinically depressed robot. The most depressed. Oh, I feel. Uh, I would give you an idea. On top of that, but you wouldn't take it. On top of that, inside of this robot is none other than Warwick Davis, which I did not know. Um, played in a lot of stuff. Played in Harry Potter. Willow as uh, the. Willow. Oh yeah, he is fucking Willow. He's uh, Wicket from the uh, Return of the Jedi. Like that dude. Yep. He's the Leprechaun. Like he's been. Is he R two D two? No, no, no. That's um Baker. No, yeah, something Baker, I believe. Sure. Anyway, um, you're right. <laughs> but yeah, the the combination of like Warwick Davis being the body, so to speak, and then Alan Rickman or Mister, you know, like. Ah, it's so good, and he is so depressed that you just want to give him a hug and make him feel better about himself. But he still does, like, cool things. Like, he saves him at one point, you know? Like, he gets shot. Spoiler alert. Shot in the back of the head. Um, Like. Oh, and the ship has a voice of its own by Thomas Thomas Lennon, who's super, like, upbeat and cheerful. That's what I was saying. The computer (laughs) is upbeat, you know? Like, they they made that that computer, like, super, like, I can do that right away. (laughs) Hey, guys, (laughs) how are we feeling today? Like, Yeah, what can I do uh, for you? It's Um, But, yeah, Marvin is just, like, the character, because he's everywhere. Like, he's constantly following them. Like, even then they they get to, like, Vogsphere. So, Vogsphere, they get to Vogsphere. There's two amazing things that happen on Vogsphere. The first thing that we see is them walking across from their little ship. And Arthur gets smacked in the face with what looks like a fly swat. It comes out of the ground. It just fucking whips him. Gives him the business. Uh, and then like, they looks around. He's like, he's like, did you guys not see this? He's like, it must have been my imagination. It fucking smacks him again. And then he gets him to turn around. And he's like, I think you're just being. And then that smacks him. And they realize that this thing is it's a, it's a thought trap. Yeah, yeah, it's a thought yeah. trap, and not like the hoe trap. It's like a thought, like thought, as in. <laughs> it's so fun. The reactions from Sam Rockwell in it are the best because he's like, "What the heck?" <laughs> he's like, "I think smack. We should run." <laughs> yeah, they, it's 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 one of the things that like the re- you're right. The reactions of these people as they do it are are fucking insane. Uh, because it's so well acted with the re- the smack reactions, because that's got to be hard to do, you know. Uh, but like the way that they did it, and the way that they thought, and the timing of everything, like every smack was well thought out. Um, it was just amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. It was all around fucking fantastic. It's oh, but that brings me to the second thing of Vogsphere, which is that the aliens that they initially hitchhike onto the big ugly Vo- pig like aliens. Yeah, Vogons. Thank you. I'm gonna forget it one more time ever again. Um, they're on these gigantic fucking ships, like just huge, massive fucking ships. And they get to this planet and you realize that the ship is their bureaucratic central. Every ship is its own little government agency skyscraper that they land sideways on the ground with a perfectly laid door that you walk into. And it's exactly what you would imagine. Like it it reminds me of, uh, in Beetlejuice. When yeah. they go to like the social services, like that's the type of social service office that you would picture when you picture this ship in the inside of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's going through that and then like having to fill out the forms and like Arthur Dent's like, there's one thing us <laughs> English are known that we're good at and that's queuing. And he just grabs the paperwork and he has it filled out and he like waits in line for it. 
and there's like nobody <laughs> there anyway. Like, but he still yeah, goes through just... the fucking long ass corridor enough. Well, he doesn't end up going through it because he like grabs the president. He's like, "President here, president here." They just like walk through <laughs> right. all the way to the front, like cut him like, off because oh. he gets growled at by like the fucking That's Frank right. the Rabbit, right. white rabbit thing. Uh, but yeah, they go through like the whole forum, and she's like, "Oh, like we can't release her. She's on you know treason or whatever." And he's like, "But this is the president." And she's like, "Well, you need the presidential form release pardon." And he's like, "That's the blue one." And he's like, "Fuck!" And he like runs over and he grabs the blue one and he fills it out and puts it in front of her. And she's like, "Oh, okay, approved." And then like right before her murder, because because Trillian's getting murdered. I don't know if we mentioned that. That's a whole nother part of this. Ah, uh, but they're like. Damn, she's free to go. The paperwork's yeah, been filled yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, <laughs> wait, wait, what are you doing? And they just free her because well they the just paperwork. Let her go. Yeah. The paperwork. Yeah. Um, but that that's uh that's kind of the base of the movie, pretty much. <laughs> but we get towards what not only what the ultimate question is, but what the ultimate weapon is. And do you have that off the top of your head? Because I've completely forgotten uh, it now and I was thinking about it earlier. Point of view gun? Oh, the point. Yes, 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 yes. Point of view gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah. So on the hunt for this ultimate, this the second supercomputer that's supposed to give them the ultimate question. Because the question that they got with the answer that they got is not what they liked. So the first supercomputer told them, that they needed the ultimate and they needed to figure that out. So they built a second supercomputer and this is what they've been hunting down at this point is the second supercomputer. Um, but they get this gun, the point of view gun, which if you shoot it at someone uh, will give the person you shoot your point of view. So they'll see it from your side of the railroad tracks, uh, which turns out to be great at the end because it kind of saves their life yeah. with the depressed robot <laughs> like, you like yeah. they get they get surrounded by the uh vulture no vogons vogons oh boom time number three yeah, baby yeah. i'm not gonna forget it um <laughs> they get surrounded by the vogons and like marvin shoots them all and they're all like oh. i just don't want to oh, be I here anymore yeah, that, so that, the design of the Vogons, it has to be said, like, it's a, clearly a combination of, like, master puppetry and, like, a dude in a suit. But just the oh, way they yeah. look, like, the up-close picture of them with a the little bit of fuzz. It's like and rubberized suit. Oh, it looks almost. so good. And the lips being all fat and gross. And yeah, because they have pig face kind of things. But, like, yeah, it's, it is wild. It's like, wild. It is a real alien in the sense that the, it is not CGI'd. You know, yeah. and that these are actual people in suits um, who are afraid of the towel. Actually, the towel comes to play with these <laughs> guys quite right, a bit because ah! we have to find another way. With their little arms. <laughs> ah! Try to run they, and wiggle they got away. a waddle, you know. Um, yeah, there, there was there is something to be said about them because they were never like malicious no. in the for the sake of being malicious. They were literally just doing They're their just jobs. doing their job. They're just doing their yeah. jobs. I mean, their jobs might have to be executions or, you know, destruction of planets for the better good of them, you know, but never out of like maliciousness. Like they weren't just like, we're going to go murder a bunch of people because of world domination. No, this planet kind of sucks. Um, but that brings us kind of towards the end of the movie. And do you want to explain this? or do you-, you keep going, man. You're killing it. Okay. I feel like I've talked a bunch. Um, I guess I don't use, well, no, I do. Uh, but that brings us to the end. And, I'm spacing his name right now, 
And oh. all I can picture him from, of all the stuff that I've ever seen him in, his Victor from Underworld. And he's the fucking master goddamn vampire. It's, what is his it's fucking name? Slart, Slarty, Slarty Bartfast. Is his, the, what's his real name? Who's it played by? Oh, Bill Nighy. Bill Nighy. He's, he, Thank he's, you. Because he was in Shaun of the Dead. He's Davy Jones in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, is he really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. That's a good. Anyways, so they meet up with this guy. Um, and this is kind of where, like, you find out, this is where the M. Night Shyamalan twist comes in. Um, because this guy, Slarty, I don't know if I remember hearing his name. Slarty. Is that what you said? Slarty Bartfast. Slarty Bartfast. It's such a, you have to just keep saying, Slarty Bartfast. This is the dude's name, but I think he calls him Slarty for short, because he's like, I don't want to say all that. (laughs) That's an entire first name? Yeah. That's just his oh, name. God. They don't even have a last okay. name, probably because it's that's enough. Anyways, Slarty <laughs> is a world builder. Um, yeah, and I, I mean it's it's as simple as that. This guy is just building worlds, like planets, not like writing books in his day. <laughs> yeah, no, he's building planets, and uh, I'm about to spoil or alert you real fast, okay? Because the thing. The supercomputer that they build to answer the ultimate question is Earth. What? Yeah. It's like... I should really watch this movie or read a book. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably read the book, because is that not what happens in the book? Uh, basically, the only big difference between the book and the movie is that they really emphasize the romance between Trillian and uh, Arthur. But other than that, it's... That makes sense. It, they they were played by such goofy people together, though, that it's, it's like the romance still doesn't make complete sense. You're like, nah, she wouldn't. Not with him. She's too adventurous. He's a little too stuck in his ways, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they build the they 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 rebuild Earth exactly as it were. Yeah. And we have, but I guess that brings us to the real end of the movie. Yeah, where they basically have Arthur continue life on this. Earth 2, if you will. Thirdly, the stupid little fucking kids come back. And yeah. throughout the entire movie, these two little <laughs> mice right. were fucking shit up. Yeah, Chewing the right. guidance that's systems. Right. Yeah. They were yanking his fucking hair. They were doing fuckery on the ship. And it was these two little asshole kids. They're back. Building the human race. The answer to the ultimate question. It was love all along. Love all along. One of the best parts of the movie, they murdered those kids. He, he smashed them. Smashed them. These little kids just pull uh, Yeah, but yeah. So he, in, anyways, it ends in love and awesome. Um, they put Earth back together into this beautiful little ball, just as it was. As it was. And he's like, fuck this, I'm out. Yeah. And he doesn't even stay. No. Little asshole. He's got more adventures now, now that he's seen the universe. Uh, what is cool, though, is at the end of that, one of the last lines that I said is, I know this nice little restaurant at the edge of the universe. Uh-huh. Um, which is a cool little throwback to the second novel mm-hmm. that Douglas Adams wrote titled The Restaurant at the Edge of the Universe. Um, and it's the second. So that, it's, it kind of tells you the kind of guy he is, because if you look up the trilogy, it's a trilogy of five books. Yes. Yes. I know. I know. <laughs> Y'all can't see his face, but I know. Um, that, that's how you buy it. Is it a trilogy of five books? <laughs> so, Stop calling it a trilogy like, of five books. Um, yeah, quat, it is. It is a quadrilogy. Is that what it's called? But there's it's, five. But there's five, and uh, 
hydro hydro an octo octo no that's uh, too high anyways <laughs> before we before we get off of this uh for the night anything else about the movie because uh, i just got a couple 42 facts for you um i mean the fact that edgar wright jason schwartzman are in the movie and they're not even credited is um mind-blowing to say the least and this cast huh. is one that is so like a who's who of like british folks and maybe not even british because john malkovich is in it too but like oh, oh yeah john malkovich is in it. oh yeah we didn't even talk about like, humor yeah i don't know he's kind of weird because his character isn't super vital but he kind of is it's a, it's just weird how like the character that he plays yeah and it's like unnecessary to the story except it's fun in the middle when he's just like i got a score to settle ah, on this planet <laughs> super wild um yeah, surprisingly, a lot of good people in it. Uh, like, it's, like I said before, Stephen Fry, Alan Rickman, Zoe Deschanel, Martin Freeman. We go on and on. There's Yeah, it pops off. It's... Um, so, 42. <laughs> 42. All right. People have their theories on why 42 was the chosen number, right? Um, do you know the reason? Do you have a theory it's... on why 42 is the perfect number? Math. If you know the real reason, don't say it. Okay. Okay. Do you know the real reason? Math. Well, I think I do too. So I wonder if our <laughs> answers are different because now, now we're stuck in a bind. Um, there's a couple of weird things, and I'm not going to be able to explain a lot of them. Uh, the perfect score for the math Olympiad held every year is a 42 out of 40. Uh, 10101 is 42 in binary. That's the one I knew. Okay, so no, not right. Not right. Um, not right. It's fucking right enough. Uh, I mean, it is. It's correct. <laughs> like it's correct. There's no right binary, answer. I guess. Um, except for the one that Douglas Adams gave. But is it the right answer? This is what conspiracies. Pew, pew, pew. What? God damn it. Make the X-File noise. Pew, pew. No. The X-Files? Like yeah. the theme? Yeah. Something like that? I don't know. Yeah, oh, fuck. Like... I don't know. We ruined it. It's, it's a thermine. And... It's the thermine. I can't do a thermine. Sure. Awesome. Um, and it is a, a, a pseudo-perfect number. Okay, and this was kind of interesting. You have to look this up, but it is kind of a rare number. There's only like two numbers in front of 42, and like the next number after 42 is 1089, and then it's like 100,038 or 138,000 and some change, and then it goes to like 2 million and something. Like the jumps are gigantic for pseudo perfect numbers, hmm. and it's like a weird way with like. The prime numbers and the integers time. I, I don't know. There was a mathematician that explained it on a YouTube video. It was actually semi, and it's just not what my brain wants to keep in. Uh, but supposedly, the real reason people have asked Douglas Adams for a long time, he said it because he just thought it was a funny number. I love that was it. the number he that's chose. So good. I love that. That's a that's a side of somebody who's such a good writer. People think there's a deeper meaning to it, and finally, he's just yeah. like, no, it's just silly. Like, <laughs> it's just a funny number. It sounds funny. It's fun to say. 42. 42. What's the funnier number? Give me one. There isn't one. 69, baby. That's 69 funnier number. 69. It's not funny. It's sexual. In context, it can be funny. Uh, I got a, okay. I got a dirty anyway. joke to go along with that. <laughs> <clears throat> why can't women drive? Well, why can't a person? Uh, this is hard to do in these modern times. I'll just tell it how it was told to me once upon a time. Why can't a woman drive 70 miles per, per hour? Because she, she blows a rod at 69. Okay, I'm going to follow that up with a better one. Shout out to my sister. Why don't people from the South do reverse cowgirl? I don't know. Because you don't turn your back on family. 
<laughs> no offense to the seller. I'm, I'm from a southern place too. All right, I, that's it's fantastic. a funny fucking joke. <laughs> a you can't joke. find fun of that. You know. <laughs> Just earned our explicit tag. If they've, Let's go. If they've listened this far, I mean, if they've listened to 42 episodes of us and, and this is the one that they're like, nah, that's it. That, I've had <laughs> <Yeah>. enough. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Then we've done okay for ourselves. <laughs> What a magical number to go out on. Yeah, I stopped listening around 42. Yes! Yeah. Fuck yeah! <laughs> um, anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no, I've got nothing, my dude. It's This movie's fantastic. The book is real great. Yeah. It's I mean, for a guy who takes forever to read books, this is one of those ones that want you get going. It really is an easy read. I highly re- recommend doing it. You know. Well, I'm going to have to read it now, but... I'll be finished with that before you're finished. With, we got to do some. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, we're going to end it there. But I do want to bring up because it, we've just made it a lot easier for not only us and you guys to find us and figure us out and share us and whatever else you want to do because we now have a website. Uh, I alluded to it earlier in the podcast as uh, the reason that we took the week off this past week. Glad to be back, but we're back with a vengeance and at retronomapod.com. You can find all the links to the Facebook groups, to the Twitch channels, to the Instagram Z. There's links, and you can listen to the podcast straight from the website. You're at work, you just want to listen to it, boom, you can listen to it from the podcast. Works on your phone, your tablet, uh, soon to have a bunch of other stuff. But from right now, you can send your peeps there, and we'd appreciate it if you went and visited. Yeah. Checked it out. Check out some of the YouTube videos. Check out the, uh, like I said, you can subscribe from the podcast straight from the front of the the homepage of the website, yeah. retronomapod.com. Um, yeah, I'm not even going to tell you where to find me. Go there. Find me. That's, that's the wild thing now. We've got this awesome web website that's like we no longer have to have a five-minute spiel at the end where it's like, oh, locate us here, there, or everywhere. Now it's like check we've this, got a one-stop shop where you could just click the link and boom, you're there. Hit the follow button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Whatever it may be, do it. Because we're having a good time, and I hope everybody else is having a good time with it. Likewise. But. Uh, yeah. Retronomapod.com. Yeah. Lead us out, baby. Uh, the way we end the show every week. God, that was clunky. Uh, we're going to end the show the way we always <laughs> do every week with the weird question of the week. Super redundant. We're getting through it. Um, <laughs> uh, I knew an old lady that ate a fly. Where does it stop? What? <laughs> As always, we appreciate you guys listening to this week's episode of the Retro Pod. We love you, and we will catch you next week. Good night. Good night.